is Colleen coming tonight? Colleen is not coming tonight. Oh, okay. So we can sort of hit record whenever we're ready. I have I have just hit record, so we are recording. Um, Allison, I know I told you about my encounter um, Saturday, Saturday night. Oh, yes. But I was on Ambient, so I didn't fully understand it. And then I didn't review the tape the next morning, so uh, we'll have to discuss it more. Okay. Okay. Um, so we, we will have something to talk about. This is what's going to spin into the dick talk later in the show is um, this woman who I met on the street. And, and I will I will give you the details here because I'm actually um, torn on how much detail to give here because I was like swearing up and down to this woman. Like I'm not going to like give away anything about you on, on a podcast even if you know it's our fifth episode and we have very limited listenership and you know, you live in Rochester. Um, I'm certainly not going to include when I talk about it that she lived in Rochester. Who? What? I wonder what it's like to be in <laughs> Rochester. I, what does like? The 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 fella said that it was um, unpleasant. Yeah, I can't um, see. I can't see anybody being in Rochester being stoked about that. But you don't yeah. know. Like I used to think maybe it was the same thing about Baltimore. Then I came here and it was like this is fucking rad. And maybe it's like one of those things where you don't want to know about the city. Like, no, because I it's think... really awesome. And then people are gonna, like, I heard that about Buffalo. I heard Buffalo's fucking, like. Buffalo's cool. I think Rochester is sad. Yeah. I mean, I think Rochester said, like, my, my gut says it's still sad, but. Because it's know. sad because it was a company town. Yeah. Kodak. Yeah. And like you anyway. too. And Syracuse. Really, yeah. all upstate, all those cities. They just, I feel bad for them. They're bad. They're bad places to be. Um, so I'm I'm out for a walk. I'm you know supposed I'm working, um, but it's intermission of the Flames Oilers game that I'm writing about, and like I'm gonna go take a walk outside. Um, and there's these three people who I see, and they look confused. And they're like, um, yeah, they're they're looking at their phone. And I'm like, can I help you guys? Like, where are you trying to get to? Because they were starting to wander away from like where anything is like any sort of restaurants or bars or anything. They're like, yeah, we're looking for a gay bar. And I was like, okay, well there's one. They're like, no, not icon. I was like, um, okay. Not that one. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay. We came to Uh, Astoria Queens and we don't want that. (laughs) We don't want that (laughs) one one. gay bar that is. Yeah. Um, Astoria Queens is known for its thriving gay bar scene. I, I guess they were coming from there. Um, and I, I wound up being like, all right, well, I'm out for a walk anyway. I'll, I'll walk you guys in the right direction to get where you're going because, you know, it's fucking Queens and the numbers, you know, it's all like I live at the corner of 35th and 32nd. And I wasn't going to tell these people who were clearly already drunk, like, yeah, what you need to do is go to 31st and 34th. Like, that's what you need to do right now. 34th Um, Drive, not 34th Road or 34th Avenue. Yeah. Exactly. I don't understand. Nobody understands Queens and nobody fixes it. Nobody says we should do something about it. So I It's like fucking college loan debt. You're like, if I had to suffer through it, you have to suffer through it. (laughs) Fucking fix Queens. God. (laughs) <laughs> what would you name name all the streets after Mets? That that can't possibly break bad. Keith Hernandez Boulevard. I'm down for it. All right. Yeah. Um. So I'm wearing my Willits Pen hat, 
and and get to talking. Um, I got to talk really with um, all three of them. One of them was um, hiding a pregnancy from the other two. That was awesome. Um, one of them was a, a gay fella who was really glad to be out of Rochester and hoping to um, get some booty this weekend. Booty um, in Queens. And- and the other one was a, a mid thirties mom of teenagers, uh, <laughs> just Teen- along for being out of out of Rochester for a weekend. Um, you know, what's funny is that when I hear that description, like mid thirties mom of teenagers, in my head I think old woman, but I'm a forty two year old mother or almost forty two year old mother teenage woman. I don't feel old. I don't feel very old at all. You know. So. Um, so it's, it's this one who is the drunkest of them. I mean, one of them is not drunk at all. And the other one is trying to have enough wits about him, you know, to be able to do things sexually. Um, she's like, oh yeah, I, I don't really know about the Mets. I like the Yankees. Aaron Judd is so big. I bet he has just a huge cock. And he, she just like kept returning to that over the next three blocks. Like, like, it's in your head you yeah know. who's who, who's uh, got the ghostbusters behind them oh i think that's me i i lived um up the street from a fire station so i like kind of zone out of it it happens so oh often. yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I live like right by the emergency room I, I live right by shock trauma and i also live by like five helicopter pads so, like, if you're, if yeah. shock trauma has, like, a 97% survival rate. It's the highest survival rate of any ER in the country. So, if you're important, they give you a chopper to there, and it's by my house, and it's annoying. I mean, I'm happy that the people are going to survive I, I like that, but I don't like being confronted with a, a, a helicopter outside of my bedroom window. Just like, surprise! Okay, I just closed my other window, so hopefully that keeps some of the sound down, the siren sounds. But anyway. That that encounter made me think. Yes, back um, back to Aaron Judge's uh, Judge's gavel, so to speak. Uh, Yes. Ayo! So, yeah, we'll we'll get to that part on the show. Um, I thought we were already recording the show. We are already recording the show. Should we just get into the show? I thought we were in the show! Let's show. Oh, this is the show. We've been recording for seven minutes, Jesse. You already told the story. All right. We well, don't tell hi, it I'm... once and you're like, later. I can tell the story I again. feel bad now because I've given away a lot of these details. We'll, we'll you can edit it somewhere. Yeah, you we'll edit that. Edit it. And we'll you can bleep, just like bleep out like yeah. the name of the city. We won't, we won't edit this part, the inside baseball talking about the show part. Um, but we'll edit out the, the detail. Of, You'll figure uh, it out. But when yeah. we turn, when we let's all assume when we're turning it on that we're doing a show, we don't have to tell the story twice about Aaron Judge's. See, I was I was trying to tell the story. Man. Well, hello and welcome to Will It's Pen. I'm Jesse Spector. You've you've heard um, that just now was was Allison Robotelli. Allison, um, can you just say more words in your voice so that people can know what more you words in my voice? Because like? they are not going to hear enough of this. They just want a little bit more. Just to well, like kind of a baseline. It's important to be able to identify you. Well, I think. Thank you. Thank you for. I'm sure the whole audience explained 
<laughs> enjoys you explaining the concept of how podcasts work. I'm if sure anybody isn't, if anybody's I'm not just about <laughs> Jesse's very good at listening to women. So, everyone, <laughs> so you're really is. I, this podcast really is just like an exercise in listening to women. Like yeah. I can't and wait for men. the episode of this that I'm not on so that I can listen to it and not hear my own voice and listen to women. It's going to be great. Colleen Sullivan is not here, uh, which is unfortunate because I know that after this uh, Yankees White Sox series, she would love nothing more than to talk about Aaron Judge and his pants and what's inside of them. Um, so this girl, this whole, this whole thing, this woman, um, made me think like, you know, I, I haven't been in baseball clubhouses in a couple of years now and before the pandemic. And then, you know, going back before that, it was only sporadic that I had been there between being laid off in 2016 and the pandemic, but I'd been in some, you know, enough. Um, and I've certainly been in them for years before you don't, you know, there's this whole reputation of you're walking around a major league clubhouse and you're just seeing dicks swinging everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I found that that over the years that stopped being the case. For instance, like if if Aaron Judge had played, Wait, as in this was once the case during your job that you saw a lot of dicks swinging around. Wait, there's no time, more. There's that no more became dick... less frequent. Or or were you just saying that you were surprised by the lack of that overall in your career? No, in my career, the amount of dick that I saw went down precipitously over the years. For, for a variety, I think there's a variety of factors, and that's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I w- thank you. I, I, that was my next question for sure. <laughs> One very obvious one is a big change that happened, at least for me in my career, is Yankee Stadium and Shea Stadium closing after the 2008 season, replaced by more modern facilities where the um, gentlemen who would prefer to not have everybody just staring at their asses and dicks um, could, you know, have a little bit more peace and solitude. You know, they would certainly have showers elsewhere, but like, you know, not not the same as like it's still certainly the case at a Fenway or a uh, or a Wrigley Field, oh, but it's still the same at Wrigley. They did some renovations there. How much? Uh, what does it feel like? Like if you because it took you long enough. I mean, uh-huh. the, the the idea that you've got to be naked at work in front of a whole bunch of other people kind of <laughs> fucked up the more yeah. I think about it objectively. Yeah. I mean, and, also as a reporter, like just real quick, see your sources naked and then put your phones in their face. Like I covered Capitol Hill and even that's vulgar to me. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, what happens if you have spent your whole career with with a team like the Mets and the Yankees with the, the privacy in the locker room and suddenly you get traded to fucking the Cubs? And now it's like dicks out. Like, yeah. Like, well, every everywhere it's a little bit less um, private on the road, and and I will say that that goes across sports too. When I was covering the Rangers, um, I never saw a Ranger dick in Madison Square Garden. I never saw a Ranger dick in um, the practice facility. Um, but oh boy, when they went to that shitty little rink in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, the dicks were swinging around because they had to get dressed in a tiny little room. 
What about towels? Um, Couldn't they have put towels around their I do wonder about this as well. I feel that ultimately (laughs) you don't ever have to have your dick swinging around. Like, even in a locker room without, uh, like, updating facilities. No, in in that case, there was, like, a direct, like, you could not avoid it. Like, you walked into that room. You could put a towel on your body. That's how clothes also work as a concept. The actual active, like, showers, like, stare, like, hit you right in the face. So is it just like a, like a, like a studio apartment full of, like, sh- showers? That or, one like, was. And you just put, like, 30 guys into, like, a, like, a 12 well, by no, 16 room was, with a hose? No, there was, like, there was another room, like, off to, it was, like, you know, beyond, but there was not, I, I don't know if they were doing construction or what the deal, there was no separation between um like it was just like oh and there's the showers if i were a professional ball player i would do my interviews sweaty in my uniform and then go to my home and take a shower some and never (laughs) never undress (laughs) some do not not maybe that but um you know so so what i've noticed over time so like aaron judge came up you know five six years ago um Okay, I guess seven years ago, because yeah, Sean we're a lot, baby. we're a lot older than you think we are. Yeah, so like he's he's been around for like seven years in the majors. I've been to the Yankees clubhouse. I've interviewed him plenty of times. I could not begin to tell you um, what that fella's stuff looks like, um, and and that's a pos- That's a thing that I've actually appreciated over time. Is just like not seeing it as much but there's there's two groups of players who will continue um to uh, let it all hang out um that would be the uh the really young dudes um from generally from the caribbean latin america who have been just in professional baseball and baseball atmospheres since they were 16 playing mm-hmm. in the Venezuelan or Dominican summer league and then working their way up. And then like, haven't really acclimated to the fact that like, yeah. Oh, there's other people around here. I shouldn't just be nude yeah. all the time. Um, they have, they have much different relationships with their bodies than we do like culturally and stuff. Like nudity isn't like this shameful yeah. puritanical thing. Like it is. Up exactly. Here. So there's, there's that just, you know, the, the sort of culture clash, um, that nudity, the other one is the um, enormous assholes um, who want to make a point that this is our clubhouse and I can walk around here swinging my dick around and it it's tiny. Um, <laughs> but if it's tiny, shouldn't you cover that up? <laughs> you like, it, would it, think so. It, There's, it, that's, it messes up your whole point. Like That's what I wanted to get to, um, which is... I don't think baseball your... players are really smart, are they? Is that is that what we're getting at? <laughs> Well, no, I, I wanted to get to something that's more of the masculine. No, it's okay if that's true. It's okay. Which if it's... is, and, and this is what I wanted to ask you about is people who are outside of this bubble. Um, what is it with the small dicked assholes who need to, you know, shove it in your face? It's like it's like you ever walk by a small dog and they don't shut the fuck up because they've got to be like like asserting their dominance around all the other big dogs or the people like I'm just cause I'm small. Doesn't mean, you know, you know, you, you gotta overlook me. I guess it's gotta be like that. It's just, 
you know, or maybe it's like the louder you are, the more like, it's kind of like a punching first sort of thing. But I don't know, like, they're not, I mean, dicks aren't that good looking and I don't want to see one swinging around. I mean, they're kind of ridiculous looking, you know? Yeah, and like I learned as a, yeah, I mean, like you said, towel. Um, you know, I learned that as a child. You wrap a towel around yourself, even in like the, the pool locker room. I think like most people like, take you know. Your, you, take your shorts down. You, you don't tell children to be naked in public areas. There's a there's just a whole bunch of fucking problems that we've opened up here tonight. So at what age, at, you know, because cause kids have to become more and more competitive in sports now. It's like, you know, you, you can't be a college soccer player unless you started when you were three with like a private coach yeah. at this point. So at what point are you telling like these like T-ball players and little league players like, all right, it's time for everybody to get naked. I mean, like, yeah, this is fucked up. This is really fucked up. I mean, God, I, I hate this when, country. I guess it's when the, when you start on travel teams and you're getting dressed in the same locker room. We should never right. have the children in this situation. We should teach them all how to use towels. I don't know. I mean, I, I've never, you know, I've never had a communal shower situation in my life, so I don't know. Well, what about swimsuits or like, like dresses, like shower dresses, like they used to have bathing shower dresses, dresses. in Victorian times. Okay, all right. Let me tell you a little story about the Victorian times. If a woman wanted to go, this is completely one hundred percent true, guys. I swear to God, if a woman wanted to go to the beach. She had to go to a beach that was far enough from the man beach so that the men couldn't see her. So that's number one. There were very specific beaches for ladies. Then uh, you would get into a horse-drawn carriage. Like, it was like this small pod that was a horse-drawn carriage. And you would get into it, which is where you would change from your Victorian gown with your undergarments to your ocean version of that dress, which was just made out of a slightly lighter fabric, but bloomers, everything. The horse would walk you into the ocean. Then you would open the door and a screen would come out. So make sure all those men on the men beach definitely wouldn't see you. And then you were allowed to go into the water and had to keep everything below the neck submerged again. So if the people from the men beach, like a mile down the beach accidentally saw you, if women could do that to go to the fucking beach, dudes could wear a towel in the shower. That is, I mean, I feel like that seems really reasonable for one, for two. um, My answer to your question Jesse would basically be like I've been thinking a lot okay so and there's this oh man I don't even my my boyfriend if he's listening to the podcast right now is like rolling don't. his eyes because I'm really on I know don't like people, people listening, in our lives off. don't listen to this <laughs> people in my lives actually my partner is welcome to listen my family please turn this off um did you tell them you were on a podcast no. And don't no, do that. No. There you go. Right. You're not accidentally and ending up here. Just never say anything. If my family wants to bring up me talking, like me being like basically horny on Maine on the podcast about the Mets. And if like, if that's a conversation they want to have, like they can bring that up. <laughs> um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring that up. I do have to go on vacation with them for 10 days. So my family, if you're listening, save it for, save it for Christmas. Get back. <laughs> save it for Christmas. At any rate, 
my boyfriend's probably rolling his eyes because I have been really on this uh, obsessive little thinking loop. Um, because I heard this thing. Uh, I like don't even know where to begin. I'm so sorry. So, you know, the male gaze, the, like theory of the male gaze originally as this, feel, as this film theory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on this theory of Lacan about the gaze, like as the, you know, the ephemeral gaze. This, I'm going to try and make this go somewhere as an answer to your question, Jesse. Just Please, I, I went for 15 minutes thinking that I was telling background before we were... Oh, I think it's fun. Yeah. I, I look, everyone needs a little background. So Lacan's original gear, theory of the gaze was the gaze as a concept, as a realization to a human being happens when like a baby looks in a mirror and conceptualizes like that is me, mm-hmm. uh, like and, and gazes upon itself. And it's and by seeing itself, it kind of like knows itself. And it was on this original theory of the gaze that um, Mulvey, who writes the original theory of the film theory of the male gaze based her own theory. Um, And I learned something funny recently, which is that prior to her publishing that Lacan actually like revised his own idea of Uh the ephemeral gaze and what it means. And so some people critique uh, Mulvey's theory as being based on this idea that he corrected but it doesn't really matter. That's semantics. What's more interesting to me is that like his correction was that the gaze is not you. It's not your gaze as the person taking in, you know, art or film or yourself in a mirror. The gaze is in what is looking back at you and what is looking back at you by recognizing that that is also some sort of like it has some sort of like sentience, even if it's like art or it's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it, it is looking back at you and the looking back specifically makes you, the gaze makes you realize your lack. Hmm. And so the argument that some people make is that this, that that would be a more fully formed, like sort of theory of the male gaze in film is that men seeing women, rep, women like represented on film in a certain way mm-hmm. makes them realize a lack in themselves, whether that's like sexually, when they see like a woman represented in a certain way, the feeling it draws up in them is a feeling and a realization of their own lack that creates their actions, you know, further misogyny or like, you know, more, you know, entrenchment in these unhealthy gender roles or so it's this very, um, I've just been really on this sort of theory of the gaze and seeing it everywhere and pointing it out in a lot of places of like, when are things looking back at us and making us realize a lack in ourselves, Mm -hmm. which this is my long answer to your question, Jesse, because I feel like professional athletes must suffer from this like deeply terrifying version of the gaze as being our like most masculine characters in society and our like most idealized male beings placed on a screen like for our entertainment like for their bodies to be consumed Mm -hmm. by sport And then to have, like, have to, like, take that in, to, like, digest fame and failure on a large-scale screen and have that look back at you, if you're not a really, like, centered, like, you know, good-with-yourself human being, that's going to bring up only, like, 
all the things you hate about yourself and all the lack. I will. And with no ability to like process that, all you do is walk around in a locker room without a towel and swing your dick around and try and make a point that you're not really making. That is my long answer. I will say, and I think that this feeds into exactly what you're saying. Um, The player who I was who I think of most specifically, um, I, I don't want to get into talking about him. So I'll just move past Aubrey Huff and his tiny genitalia and <sighs> that being every part of what he's all about. Um, I'll move past that to, I don't know about his stuff, but one of the most famously aggressively nude ball players of all time for interviews and specifically to be intimidating <gasps> about it with women in the locker room is Lenny Dykstra. Oh, yes. Oh, that makes perfect sense. I feel like I've heard that. I feel like Lenny Dykstra, if he hasn't come up every week, he should come up every week because he's just... (laughs) I know. We should have a segment segment that's like, how how did we cancel Lenny Dykstra this week? (laughs) I I feel like I've brought up Lenny Dykstra like 12 times this past week alone, and it just never, like, my thing is, is the existence of Lenny Dykstra proof that God doesn't exist? Because, like... Like it's just not fair. Like none of none of it is fair. Like, I think one thing that we're going to have to do at will it's at will it's pen dot com, uh, where we have the Substack newsletter to support our Mets ebook, is have Thornton McHenry, who's a, a financial writer, really dig into Lenny Dykstra's career, as it were, um, evading me- the law and such. I would also love for every Willits Pen writer to have to answer that question in their own way. Yes. Does the existence of Lenny Dykstra disprove the existence of God? Because I have so many thoughts about why I think that's not true. No. And I would love to make the case and I would love you. to hear all of yours. But I, I think those should all be written down. I, feel I like think like that's a children's book right there. Like just <laughs> 20 essays. 20, Are you there, God? It's me, Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> and smokes for some of the deep existential <laughs> questions you never expected on a Thursday morning. <laughs> this day in Letty Dykstra history, I mean, like, there's just so many, so many horrible moments to relive, and yet he's still here. He's still here. He's still rich. He's still kicking. He probably gets bras and hangs out with Sammy Hagar. Or he just looks like a type of guy who'd probably be hanging out with Sammy Hagar. And people love him. I mean, there's definitely still a subset of the population that's like, I want to bang Lenny Dykstra for the story. No one wants to bang Lenny Dykstra. What? No one. I mean, you can have a story. That's there are, not. No. There are some gross people out there. No, you're right. You're right. There's oh my god, how old is he now? Anyway, like, you know, I think he's one of those guys that like looks like he's 84, but he's probably like not even close to it. Just smells like tobacco Lenny juice. Dykstra is- 59 years old. Um, so wait, how do we end up talking about Lenny Dykstra organically again this this week? He's just, he always comes up. He always uh, does. Famously nude and intimidating to female. Yeah, he looks, like, he looks like a guy who would be like that. Um, a guy and, on 86 Mets? Not a nice guy? It's so, it, that's still so heartbreaking. I, I mean, I don't even know what kind of, like, 
what kind of childhood you have to have to become that guy? You know, like, you know, see, I have, I'm the man of, oh, doggy. Hang on just a second. My doorbell is ringing and the dog is going nuts. The Yankees did not just score two runs. Hang on, I'll be right back. Talk amongst yourselves. Wow. That So that was Jesse's we'll doorbell topic. ringing. No, I won't. Off, I'm going to shut up the dog. dog. Is that what just happened? I think that's what just happened. Hmm. Jesse's maybe frozen now. No, oh, he'll pause it and then he'll come back. And uh, he'll pause it. His dog is so fucking hilarious. Like, we went out for a walk with this dog. And he's 10 years old and he's all scraggly and, and little. And you can tell he's like a dumb dog. Which is great. Like, I love it when dogs are dumb. And he's just walking around the street, like, smelling stuff. And then suddenly he'll just stop when you get within a one block perimeter of his vet's office. And he will not in any direction. Oh, like, he just knows when you're on the block with the vet. And he's just like, no, we're not going anywhere. And the he's body's like, keeping the score. And he's like dropping dead weight and he is pulling Jesse. I was like, what is happening to you at the vet? But he just, and you know, he's short to the ground too. So it's not like he's like looking up and he can see the vet. He just knows. He smells like the change in the air or the way the wind blows. And he's like, we are in vet country. And he's like, I am laying down in the middle of the sidewalk and you cannot make me move. And <laughs> I feel that way sometimes. Same. Absolutely same. But uh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to have to come back and listen to the show, huh? Yeah, well, no, we're talking. Yeah, about- Jesse has, has to listen to women for once now. I was telling her about the dog and uh, the vet stuff. Yes. Oh, Yuffie. He is uh, something. This was actually um, as nuts as he just went about the doorbell ringing. It's actually good news. And I think a good place for us to maybe. Um... Ooh, my phone says we just got another subscription. Yay. Thank you. Al Thank you for subscribing. Person, uh, Gmail. That person. Al. That person was called by God. Yeah. To reach the answer to our question about whether <laughs> <laughs> disproves her existence. <laughs> so this this will actually take us towards um, the end of the show for for this time, but it's exciting because it's towards future shows. What came was it was the uh, Amazon Prime delivery dude. Um, bringing a wireless lavalier microphone um pair of them which i'm gonna start bringing to uh city field yankee stadium and uh we're gonna have willett's pod at the park i'm really excited about that um yes addy um i'm coming to new york in june uh to watch my friend's cat so I will talk to you and we can find a time to go to the park. We will watch a baseball game. We are also, and, and my kids are super excited about it. We are going to be uh, having some baseball times together in July when I come down to the DC and Baltimore area. Oh, look at these. These are so great. I'm so excited. So we've got lots of great stuff coming up. Our grand opening uh, paywall going up and stuff. And I've talked to some more people who you haven't even seen on the newsletter yet. about Ooh, But that it's going to be so exciting. And it's going to be uh, you know, people like Allison Robicelli, who, you know, you haven't seen on the uh, on the newsletter yet. Have you? No. No, I haven't written yet. No, I'm behind I mean, on a lot of stuff. You guys get I haven't written yet either. Addie Barrett, um, who has not but written But I will. Yet, which is fine. 
we're building this slow. Grand opening, paywall goes up. Uh, bonus episode uh, will come out June 9th, which you know you can figure out why that is the right day for us to launch something. It should be really nice. That should You're be a really nice day. Clever. Yes. Yeah, it just worked out that way. That that it's, we're really fun. settled too. We're we keep it classy around here. We've got uh, Roger Cormier now running, you know, yay Roger from Mets Twitter now running the Willits Pen um, Twitter account, doing all. Roger's so funny. I'm so glad. So he's much better than part me. of us now. Roger's great. So much better than me, and and he wrote for the newsletter, and Colleen wrote for the newsletter on Monday. Today was Monday. Yes, today was Monday. They wrote for the newsletter. Today's on Monday. Monday. Yeah. Somehow. And I wrote about my beloved Sunderland, finally not letting me down. Maybe I didn't, I didn't allude to this, but I think it's hard not to maybe giving me hope for the Mets as a team that had a special 1973, hasn't really done shit in the last 50 years, you know, uh, constantly lets you down, but they had a big freaking win and they're going up to the next league in English soccer, which is still. So are they going to be in the Premier League now? They're going to, they finally got back to the championship, which is below the Premier League. I see. I think we talked about this last week. Yeah. It really has um, just once again another week. My partner watches a lot of soccer, so I've been watching mm-hmm. occasional, the occasional you know, British English league playoffs, yes. and I'm always just like, wait. So this is the third league, but they're the first the, league. The third like, yeah, like what? Is excuse me. I just the ridiculous. League the second league, league is called champion championship mm-hmm. yes. champion. Mm-hmm. I just learned about all this. Yeah, I finally watched Ted Lasso, which unbelievably, I was like, "There's no way this show is going to match." Oh, the we hype. talked about this last week. Yes, and it exceeded. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is this is why I'm like, and then I'm friends with a guy who's like really into Liverpool football, and they have a really adorable German coach, and his name is Jurgen. Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp is so oh, sexy. Awesome. I yeah. am ready for this conversation. He's and- hot. I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I just love everything about him. I'm like, you know what? I can get into this sport now for this Jurgen fella. Can right. I recommend um, Pep Guardiola? And now sure. I hope my partner is listening because Ooh. he would be really proud. Former he's Barcelona be- coach, current Man City coach. He's so sexy. He really wears the bald head well. Yeah, I don't know anything about. You hate him. Pep? I no. I feel like his attitude is like like he used to be like. When he was at Barcelona, he was so much. Maybe it was because Jose Mourinho was like kind of this dour, sourpuss who he was the rival of, and Pep seemed like such a nice breath of fresh air compared to him. Like being at Manchester City, I feel like has made him. I haven't followed it as closely either because Sunderland has been two leagues down. Um, All right, so next week because we've got to wrap yeah. up this podcast, so we're going to yes. get long, and also I'm yeah. going to fall asleep. Okay. Yeah, but. Next week, I want you guys to explain how English soccer works. Because I sure. feel like okay, that's going to be my thing that this would year. Be a joy. Gonna... We, we will work that out. I will um, also, I, I'm out of my depth with that opinion, Jesse. I will pass it on to my partner and bring back what he says. I, I just think, think Pep I is think sexy. That's all I got. <laughs> I think he's sexy. He's not as sexy as he once was. And part of that is his evolution as a person into something that's a little bit more cynical. I do think Hayden would a hundred percent, or I hope he doesn't. I hope my partner doesn't mind me saying his my, his name on the podcast. It's not like it's a secret, but um, I just don't. Um, 
I do think he would agree that peak pep is Barca pep. You know, I don't yeah. think that's going to get any pushback in, in our okay. house. <laughs> uh, we can be horny on Maine for soccer in future episodes. Yeah, for sure. I think that we should wrap up by being horny on Maine for baseball and what I thought we were going to start talking about when I was talking about what I thought was background. And I'm, you don't need that talk again, me talking around in circles. David Peterson's back with the Mets. And David Peterson's back. And we horny on Maine about David Peterson being back. The game just started. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you know everything about how David Peterson pitched. But what's everyone's sort of intuitive sense? You know, how's it going to go? I think good. I feel good about him. We're going to laugh at ourselves. He went to the minors. He pitched really well there. He Um, pitched really well last time he was up, too. Yeah. No, I think I think he's ready. Like he. He got the message to like stay ready and like be the pitching depth and we'll need you. And now he's here and I think he's going to be good at it. Yeah. Um, I am concerned about the rotation though. Oh yeah. Uh, like sure. who, who is it now? Like, is it Bassett? Like, wait, it's Tyler. Ty Walker. Taiwan Walker. Fantastic. By the way, Taiwan's been good. Uh, Cookie's been fine. I mean, he's been good. He goes deep. Um, like they just both pitched great in Colorado. I'm not. I have no complaints about them. Yeah, I, I, it just doesn't feel um, nearly as sustainable as it would if we had either Jacob Degrom or Max Scherzer, let alone both in the yeah. rotation. And Tyler McGill, who who's uh, whose mom now? You know, thanks. The instant impact of Roger running our Twitter is Tyler McGill's mom now follows us. Oh, and huge! We love her. She is out there, like, breaking news, too. Yeah. She's the queen. We bow down for Jules McGill. (laughs) Thanks, Jules. I hope Jules is listening. She's like, she hates this. She's just waiting. If you are, Jules, and you want us to not, like, objectify your son, um, you can talk to me and about that. I can't make any guarantees about Alice. We would rather keep you as a listener than objectify your son. We'll make an exception in one case. Although he's hot. <laughs> I think that's a good good place to end. Tyler Miguel's hot. We can't wait to see him come back. And we can't wait to see you guys come back for another episode of World's Pod. That was corny. Yeah, it was good. It was great. Right. No, great. Love it. Thank you. <laughs>